Stay a while and listen. Ladies and gentlemen, once you notice the truth, you never can forget it. It's possible to convert from a lie to the truth. But I never heard of anybody once having found the truth going back to a lie. Welcome to the Poolcast. Uh, my name is Case. After a horrible, horrible attempt at recording, we come back with our heads hung low. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh i'm here with ghost say hi hey everybody it's my fault that it's been so long so i take all the blame yeah ghost was gone for a little while was. uh and we're here with billy too say hi big billy hey coming at you live like i do every week from the heart of your cell phone <laughs> and we have a, a very special guest uh my good pal chef say hi chef hi chef hi chef um but anyway how's everybody's week been oh good good busy chef how busy have you been oh not at all just playing a little persona five playing Run around soli- my wiener dogs playing solitaire on the old computer yeah <laughs> um Anyway, there's a few things we can talk about tonight. Um, the first thing I wanted to talk about was uh, we found some the worst couple on earth. <laughs> um, man defends wife, 37 years older than him, as trolls say she looks like his man, his nan. I almost said his man, his nan. Um, kind of a man. Like yeah. I mean, she looks like a demon, um, but <laughs> Karan. No, you gotta say, you gotta say it in a British accent. His nan. His nan. But yeah. uh, his name is Karan, spelled like Karan, has received millions of views, posting sweet videos of himself and his wife dancing on TikTok. But some viewers have taken an issue with the age gap between the pair. Um, <laughs> a couple with a 37-year age gap are standing up to trolls who brand their relationship disgusting. U.S.-based 61-year-old Cheryl regularly flaunts her relationship with 21, 24-year-old Karan on her TikTok, where she has 1.7 million followers. So oh almost 2 million people are watching this abomination take place. And despite insisting they are in love, they often receive messages from people who question how genuine their relationship is, with some claiming he must only be with her because she's rich, whereas others cruelly comment on Cheryl's appearance, saying she looks more like Karan's Karan's grandmother and a fossil. Uh, But basically, it's this, like, TikTok couple, and it's this, like, 24-year-old Negroid and this white lady who looks like absolute death um i mean how would you describe that face like only thing that comes to mind is like the the creepy witch from the viking or some shit i don't know <laughs> yeah she looks like death warmed over <laughs> so my issue is about this i mean i guess he's kind of light skin but how the fuck could she be uh his grandmother you know <laughs> that's the only issue well, I mean, there's a, there is a silver lining here, gentlemen. Um, the good thing is they won't have children. <laughs> I guess, yes. Always looking on the bright side, Chef. I like that. But she's <laughs> got, like, an actual... Like, you can see she's got one of those faces that, like, 
only a, a crackhead has that like you can actually just like see their skull you know what i mean the red around the eyes mm. yeah like the sunken in eyes the gaunt jaw like the cheeks sunken in like you can just tell the shape of her skull by looking at her and like from the the horrible videos it doesn't look like she has no teeth well she's got the dentures in at the moment maybe that gum game is like heavy bro <laughs> The old gum job. That's. I think we've reached a conclusion. That's what it's about. <laughs> he, he's on I'm another imagine, level. I'm just imagining him like going to like hang out with all his like nigger homies, and there's like he like brings her, and like right when she walks in, they're just like, "Come on, dog! <laughs> oh man! Oh shit! Why you gotta bring that bitch?" <laughs> well, you know that you know that meme where it's like all the guys are like, "Damn!" You know, it must yeah. be like how it looks when he brings her in. Damn! (laughs) She opens her mouth to protest as her dentures fall out. And (laughs) but uh, what else? What else did we have? Now, hey, wait a minute! (laughs) (laughs) Don't you talk to me like that? (laughs) By God, I'm a lady. (laughs) Yeah, like that TikTok video where you know flames in the background. Just getting ready to burn in hell, hell for the rest of their yeah. life. Like. That's my favorite one, personally. I mean, yeah, the green screen, good shit. You want to talk about uh, one of one of yours that you found, Ghost? Yeah, I could do that. I got a couple goodies. Find any real good ones? Well, I, I personally, my favorite was the Oklahoma pastor who had to apologize after rubbing spit on a man's face during a sermon. He, he admits it was gross. An Oklahoma pastor has apologized for rubbing his own spit on a man's face during a sermon on Sunday after a video of the incident went viral and sparked outrage. Pastor Michael Todd of the Transformational Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, was preaching on the clarity of vision from God when he used his own phlegm to illustrate a biblical story of healing. The story, taken from the Gospel of Mark, Jesus restores vision to a blind man by spitting on his hands and touching the man's face. But yeah, uh, he says, what I'm telling you and by the way, this you can imagine the ethnicity of this gentleman. What I'm telling you is just as he's physically standing here, knowing what's coming, God's saying, can you physically and spiritually and emotionally be able to stand when getting the vision or receiving it might be nasty? You didn't go, <laughs> you go, <laughs> he went on to describe how uh, patrons of his church, apparently, who didn't understand what he was doing were just like people who don't understand what God's doing with you. So. Mm. Well, well, black, black swapping body fluids is nothing new. <laughs> did it clear up that guy's chlamydia? Yeah, I mean, maybe really he had some of that, like, you know, the that gel that they put on baby's eyes to make sure that the uh, negress hasn't infected the baby during birth. Maybe that's what he's just been sucking on a tube of that. You know? Bro, is that, a, is that a thing? They put it on its eyes? Oh, yeah, it's a chlamydia gel. That, oh, bro, uh, what the fuck? That they have to put on all babies' eyes just in case because, and you know, we do these things because niggers. You know, so we have to do it to all babies because if we did it to white babies whose mothers are not STD-ridden, uh, then that would be racist. So, th- so, like, when the baby's, like, on its way out, they, like, like yeah. quickly rub gel all over its little baby eyes? Yep. Dude. And then make sure you get all those vaccines because if you don't do them all at one time to a newborn baby, then the black baby might not come back for the rest of them. So 
It says, according to Todd, he's passionate about helping people who are desperate to be able to find hope in such a way that he gets to do extreme things to help people get it. And yesterday I crossed a line, he admitted. I hate, the little, uh, I hate the little like tagline of the article at the top. Love the spitter, forget the spit. Oh, my God. That's it's fucking gross, bro. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. That's one of my favorite things about black pastures. I mean, you kind of got to give it to them. They get very creative. Retarded, dude. They get crazy. crazy. <laughs> there's that whole thing about black pastures. Like, there's apparently an entire area of law that's related to when black pastures pass. Because basically, the whole thing's been a grifting operation from day one. And everybody <laughs> wants to get their check. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I mean, dude, t- so that's that's kind of sad about churches nowadays, though. That there's a ton of churches like that, not even just black churches. I mean, oh, yeah. of course, of course, a ton of black churches because they're trying to get that bag. But uh, like a ton of these pastors, like, like, dude, I, I, I would personally, in a self defense situation, strangle Joel Osteen. Like, I oh, hate yeah. that man, dude. He is like the most spiritually Jewish piece of shit of all time. Oh yeah, he brings in millions while the nation's suffering under lockdowns and COVID and all that. Uh, I, I have a black pastor story. This is a good one. I was downtown one day and uh, I was just passing through the city and I had to stop and get me a Bjorger. And uh, I had a black pastor in a three-piece, very fancy, very colorful suit with alligator shoes come up, come up to me and ask for a few bucks so he could get a bus fare because his car was broken down. <laughs> no lie that's a real story he was wearing those gators oh yeah dude damn dude green i mean they were they were fancy they were kind of cool actually and that's probably like the that's probably like what he is blowing all his money on is like that suit and those gators <laughs> well that's why he's the pastor because he's dressed better than anybody else in the congregation you know <laughs> um <laughs> we also got a we also got a Thankfully, an update from the Gorilla Glue Girl. Yes. You want to read yeah. that one? Oh, really? Really? That's yeah, outstanding. Man. Dude, I'm I'm on the edge of my seat. I want to hear this one. Apparently, yeah. Gorilla Glue Girl, uh, Tessica Brown, returns Tessica. home. Tessica. <laughs> Sounds like Tessica. What a great name. <laughs> Testicle. <laughs> Testicle Brown. <laughs> she wears T-shirts with own face on it. Uh, Gorilla Girl Glue, sorry, Gorilla Glue Girl, Tessica Brown, stick around. (laughs) Okay, stick around in the public eye. New photos show the mom of five has returned from her hair-saving surgery to Louisiana. She's trying to flog a line of clothing to cash in on her viral infamy. And uh, I think all you guys know when she went viral and all that. It's old news, but there is a twenty-eight dollar T-shirt. $50 $50 sweatshirt and a $45 sweatpant, making $123 total for the outfit, cementing her oh, viral yeah. fame. Yeah. I get my hands on that. You know, I kind of admire this, you know, to be honest. You think about it. I mean, she does something like ruin her hair. It's humiliating. Nationwide coverage. And, uh, you know, I think Gorilla Glue even put out a statement, right? Right. And, uh, I think that GoFundMe. And all that. And then now she's putting clothes out about it. You know, I, I kind of just admire her, like, just not one ounce of shame about it. She's like, fuck it, I'll make money off of it, you know? Respect oh, she, the hustle, man. She's an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the, uh, oh, where was it? I just fucking saw she's it. She's going to use this to launch her producer career. Oh, dude. 
Be- beats by testicle brown. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a catchy marketing ring to it. I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Well, dude, all those like every nigger who becomes like a meme or like you know goes viral for like a day, all they all do that same thing. Like that fucking uh, what was the dude? The 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 rapist uh, guy, Martin Luther King. Yeah, no, close. <laughs> That's a good close. example. No, Antoine Dodson. You remember him? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The they the they gonna rape your kids, like hide your kids, hide your wife. Guy. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, he he was like doing everything humanly possible, and they were gonna make like a reality show about him and shit. I watched some uh some video of some like YouTube guy catching up with him, and like he's just like the most uh egregious nigger faggot of all time. <laughs> like, oh, you know it. Not only that, but, but you got that grift, that side hustle. You know, like Trayvon Martin, Freddie Gray so on and so forth to an infinity like if your kid gets shot by a cop you can make t-shirts and oh, hats, you're done for life bro you're set you're getting that money oh, that, from the yeah I mean, you got that <laughs> what was that what was that damn um apartment complex in new york city that burnt down was like the worst fire they've had in 100 years and i think i was seeing that a, a couple had sued like both the city and the landlord company whatever it is like four billion dollars jesus so two billion Christ. to that couple and then the other two billion to be distributed amongst others who suffered um, from that fire. Damn! So they, so they gave two whole billion dollars to that couple. Well, they're suing. That's because that, they're, that's, oh yeah, not yeah. That's what the lawsuit um, <laughs> asking for damages. But I mean, it's it's wild, man. You know, you it's like these people they reproduce like uh, you know squirrels or or rabbits or whatever. And so all they gotta do is just off one of them, they get millions of dollars. Like fuck it. It's like winning yeah. the lottery. Yeah, dude, you're if you're if you're some like negress mom and your kids get shot, you start rubbing your hands together. Like which yeah. one? Which one? Marquise? Trayvon? Which one's going? <laughs> that one. That one's ten million right there. Just get shot they by like, a cop. You know. I just imagine <laughs> they like teach their kids like you know if you get stopped by a cop, you just want to reach for your uh, license registration as quickly as you can from the glove compartment. <laughs> That's why they have as many many kids as they can. So they, you know, it's like just getting scratch off tickets, basically. Just yeah. run off immediately. Yeah, will <laughs> like, be fine. Just jet over to the side of your car as quickly as possible, and they they're gonna they're gonna shoot you if they don't see that license registration as quickly as possible. Oh God, nigga. Traquan got scratched off five million dollars. <laughs> Traquan. <laughs> I didn't never like that nigga anyway. <laughs> that nigga a nigga. bitch. <laughs> that nigga didn't never do nothing. She said there like you know after a double shift at like KFC, like sitting there at home, <laughs> you know, drinking drinking her malt liquor. She's like looking at all her damn little nigglets. He's like, yeah. mm mm. Y'all some y'all gonna have to go. <laughs> yep. Y'all some niggas. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get my hair did. I need to get my nails did. <laughs> y'all take up too. Y'all take up too much damn time. <laughs> the oldest one living at home, still on the couch playing Xbox. You know, she's like, "Why don't you go out and do a drug deal or something?" <laughs> but I mean, like, I know we're joking, but legit, like, what's that one song? Um, you know, got my EBT or whatever uh, for for the food oh, stamp yeah. song. <laughs> yeah, that, that EBT rap with that lady. The yeah. black lady. Yeah, I remember and that. She's just talking about how she has all these kids. More kids she gets, uh, the more stamps uh, uh, and money she gets. Yeah, yeah. You know Got Obama's cell phone. We on disability. That's old school meme right there. Yeah, yeah. On my cricket wireless. Dude. It- <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no offense to anyone that has Cricket Wireless. <laughs> fuck you, man. I'm on Cricket no, Wireless. Fuck you. you got Cricket Wireless? You broke ass nigga. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wh- what else we got? My stomach hurts. About to shit myself. Well, I thought you had a great topic to talk about with sh- with Chef. Yeah, Chef. Um, yeah, we also wanted to have Chef on. Uh, talk a little about just keeping with the theme, the original theme of the pool cast, not to shit post forever. Um, but job networking and uh, those kind of opportunities uh, within the movement. Um, obviously, like you know, doxes are. Not as effect, not as effective as they used to be, but uh, you know, can still get you fired and shit. But um, there are increase, they are getting increasingly less effective. Um, you know, as hard as these retards try to like put everyone's faces out there and everyone's names out there, call their jobs, whatever, ruin their life. It's getting a lot less effective. Um, but you know, for the times it is effective, uh, having this entire network and everything, there's there's plenty of opportunities to network with each other personally and uh in business but um what kind of thoughts do you have on that chef so we have a really powerful opportunity here amongst ourselves um we do not have institutional backing obviously um but the power of the pool party network is our means of communication we're able to reach out talk to people help each other out um you know certainly someone gets docs they lose their job um perhaps they need some help. Um, maybe they need to make a mortgage, rent, maybe even just buy some groceries. Um, that is a power of these networks and it is growing, you know, certainly three, four years ago, especially three years ago, you get docs, um, you know, it's pretty bad. Um, but nowadays, um, there are so many things going on where, um, if you get docs, people immediately reach out to you. Hey, do you need help? Um, do you need a job? Um, there are a lot of different ways we can go about helping each other now that um, was just not available just even a few years ago. And that really shows um, how well we've organized and be able to um, get together and build something that's anti-fragile and rigid. Um, So there's just a lot of stuff out there. So certainly I implore you, um, whatever um, network you're in, reach out to your pool party leader and they'll dial you in to all sorts of projects are happening nationwide. Um, it, it's really an exciting time to be uh, a part of the pool parties and be able to have access to this kind of communication. Yeah, and it, it, you're right. I mean, it's it's crazy because every time we've seen someone, like in the last few years, I mean, we did this before, but just because, you know, doxing is a little bit more prevalent now because there's, I don't know if they're just better at it or whatever, but like every single time something happens like that and even if it's on a docs man even if it's like you know someone gets in a fucking car wreck or something like everyone immediately like reaches out this is like hey what can we do for you there's like you know uh a network in almost every state and and pretty much everybody comes together and it's like okay how can we help this guy it's uh it's not something you would really find any anywhere else like on a fucking like you know rock climbing club or even a fucking church i don't feel like you know what i mean like oh yeah yeah i mean it's just so exciting to be able to help people you know we've had people in terrible car accidents right um kind of a anecdote of someone who wasn't even a part of our um network 
Um, somebody on Twitter, I saw kind of a funny story or not funny, but it got to an Indian reservation and for one, some one reason or another decided to uh, sleep in his car on the res. And, um, one of those prairie niggers, uh, tried to slash his throat and steal his car. Shit. And, um, you know, just cause we're kind of floating around watching yeah. things. People reached out to him and helped him out. Um, so, you know, we're able to do things, um, that we haven't been able to do before. Um, and, and we're here, you know, I, I, I think the most important takeaway from all of this is you're not alone. Um, so that's what happens. People reach out. We, we get your emails. We vet you. We get you into the pool parties. And um, you realize you're a part of a much larger community of like-minded individuals. Um, that is our power. Um, that's our foundation that we build off of to be able to uh, start expanding um, and help each other, you know. Yeah, it's it's nuts because, like, I know, I know I've said this. I might have said this on the show before. But uh, I know I've certainly fucking talked about my drinking more than anybody would like to hear. But like uh, without like this group and everything and just meeting people in the movement in general and like having that huge network, there's like no doubt in my mind I would have like gotten discouraged with all the, you know, bullshit that's going on in the world right now and gone back out and drank like um, not even just like, you know, job network and financial help, but like it's almost like spiritual help. Um to just be around like stand up guys of your race. Um, not to get like too esoteric about it, but like in AA, they always preach to like have a higher power and stuff. And uh, I'm not very, I'm not really like a God person. And a lot of us aren't. Um, <clears throat> and a lot of us are. But um, for me, like my higher power has just been like, you know, the race and this network and just everything that we've been building over the last like, you know, five years or so and uh just seeing it like grow that's what like keeps me going all the time and it's a uh, it's something that like i feel i think we're all pretty like honored to be a part of it because uh like i said it's not something you would find anywhere else yeah it certainly isn't and you know i realize in a lot of aspects of your life um but especially being a dissident uh, burnout is a real thing and um nothing really recharges your batteries like being able to see people uh in person, you know, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people can exhibit extremely online behavior when you just kind of float around chats and Twitter and other platforms like that. But just the ability to be able to go to a restaurant, um, go to an event, go hiking um, is really amazing. And um, it helps you to dial in and feel like you are part of something uh, much bigger than yourself. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear that. Um... One of the biggest things I've noticed, and I haven't been with the group that long, maybe since like late summer, but, uh, you know, that support system, being able to bring up things that are bothering you with a group of guys that are local uh, and kind of share like, you know, hey, this is going on. I'm struggling with this today. Just the fact that you can get it out there, um, that you have guys that care and uh, have experience, have been there, have been, you know, they've gone through what you've gone through. It's It's a huge help. You know, and um, <clears throat> you mentioned burnout like, yeah, that's the other thing. Guys that aren't involved, they don't understand that because when you're out there on your own, I mean, I understand guys have like discords and stuff or they might have friends that like have the same views or whatever, but they don't really have that in life experience, you know, like the, the ability to actually get together and hang out and like put a face with a pseudonym and, uh, you know, uh, make friends in your immediate area that you can depend on even offline, you know. 
um, it's it's a really huge huge boon to life. It makes you a lot happier, feel a lot more hopeful, and you don't have like as much concern. Like if things go down, like I was I was curious because you guys were talking about a little bit of um, you know, building networks and um, one of the things that's been a long time uh, interest of mine and of the movements I think is that the idea of like building docsless companies, you know, like building in the state of the market, like with uh, working from home. Uh, state of employment being taken advantage of by employers mm-hmm. and then you can choose who you actually want to work with you can spin off you can do your own thing and uh you know i've heard a lot about stuff like that going on recently it's very exciting and uh, i think it's only going to grow in this current situation post-covid where people are just not going back to the office people are able to network uh long distance so, yeah dude being able to like yeah that's definitely happening among among some of us um but uh it, yeah, you're right about getting a uh, getting out of the fucking office. Like you know, ever people if you if you work like you know uh, a job where you're out in the field and stuff um, and you're happy, that's awesome. But um, for me, like not working out at some like dreary office and being able to like you know step away from my computer if I want to like go grab lunch with one of the boys or something. Like it just it allows so much more like flexibility and time to like put into you know, your local group and everything. Um, it's been fucking fantastic for, for me not to, you know, be working out in an office anymore. It's, uh, it's depressing, man. Like <laughs> big, like corporations will literally just suck your soul out. And, uh, but, uh, one thing I also wanted to ask, um, cause I don't even think I've heard it before and I've known you for like years, but how did you, uh, what was kind of your red pill story chef? Like, how did you get over to the side of things? you know without being too specific yeah sure um i hate that question this is kind of rambling answer but um okay we ask everybody dog yeah no it's it's (laughs) all good no i i guess i just was um kind of running around um went to art school did some other things um always kind of centered around that and um you know it, it was a little bit before trump um, you know, I was kind of doing like tea party stuff. Um, but I always make the joke cause, um, people always flip out. I voted for Obama twice, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I was like, ah, you know, he's a good orator. Um, he's a good speaker, you know, after the whole Bush thing that so was real, like anti-war kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, I was like, oh, you know, Obama would be able to get us out of that kind of shit. And he, he sounds like a proper nigger, that kind of stuff. Um, but <laughs> No, I mean, I guess um, kind of rolling into it, just met some guys that were doing big Trump rally in Texas. And that's really, um, that was like pre-pool um, parties for the Storm and Book Clubs, for a lot of that stuff. And, and met these guys, really solid, solid dudes. And um, it was just, uh, it was like a real thing, you know, because I, you know, I had, I had high school buddies. I had art school. I had um, some military stuff. But really, these guys um, were just fucking crazy. You know, it was back. Um, we all drank a lot. We all ran around crazy and just mm. uh, just wild parties, you know, that kind of thing. And then um, and then it just started to get serious and um, really started to realize that we had an opportunity to organize um, spiritually, socially, um, politically. Um, and it, it you know, it's probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. Um, was being able to do this. Cause like, 
what was happening, um, I, I've been sober for about a year and, um, what was happening was like, I had this like huge group of people that, that knew me, most of them knew me in real life. And, um, they obviously saw that I was like at my wits end in the middle of COVID, like drinking maybe like six handles of vodka a week or something. Mm -hmm. And, um, with the ability like to be able to have these people like give me feedback and they were like, you know, you're fucking up. And, um, I was able to like take their advice and was like, I am fucking up. So, I mean, it was really just like these guys, um, that really like helped me out. And so I've seen that happen. Um, I've helped some people. I know case has, um, just the ability to be able to have people that, um, pick you up. Um, cause everybody's at a different point in their life, different obligations going on and, and stressors and stuff. But, um, again, you're not alone. You know, we all help each other uh, to become better men, um, better dissidents, better activists. Um, it, it's, it's really just amazing to be able to have that kind of feedback from like real people, you know, cause like, um, uh, you can get like, what do they call it? Like irony pill poisoned, you know, like you, like pe some people will just take the irony pill like way too far and just like mm -hmm. forget how to be sincere and forget how to be honest with each other. And, um, I've seen some of the best men ever, um, in this thing and, um, they're honest and, and they really, um, uh, speak truth to power, um, as, as that old adage is, you know? Mm hmm yeah, I w it's uh, interesting what you said about, like, when you start, when you, like, kind of first start out for people who, I guess, kind of, I mean, we kind of got into this, like, close to the same time, you probably before me, but um, on different sides. But, yeah, there's, like, a point where you're, like, partying, you're, like, you know, there's all these people that you can, like, shitpost with, like, <laughs> IRL and, uh, you know, then like after a couple, like, you know, about a year or two, it got started to get like really serious. And we started realizing like kind of what we were capable of, you know what I mean? <laughs> it was a, it was yeah. really fucking cool to like watch that evolution, especially just like, uh, you know, starting out, like not really being, being productive to like where we are now. It's a, it's a total testament to like the quality of guys that get involved with this thing. Well, isn't and, it like, you know, stick around. Isn't that why it's so important to have the local network? Because as we've heard a lot of guys talking about recently, you have that the freshman class. You always have the guy that just got involved, you know, who's got a bunch of shit going on, like because COVID or whatever life situation where they've got shit they're dealing with. And, and uh, a lot of people, they like, get involved. And then, I mean, I, I, I felt it myself. You get involved, shit goes wrong. Trump was not who we thought he was. What the fuck am I going to do? Like you want to give up and just check back out. And uh, you need like a helping hand to get pulled out of that mire, out of that bullshit, like mindset to like, you know, self-improvement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, def definitely like getting past that, uh, you know, for a lot of guys, I think it was like a huge because a lot of us put like a whole lot of stock in Trump. I was never a huge like Trump guy, but I know a lot of people who did and they were just like kind of angry and like pissed off when, uh, you know, presidential candidate who was able to win an election in in our country like wasn't who we thought he was but like you know to me it was kind of like a what do you expect type deal but a, that's true a lot of a lot of people who like weren't involved irl got really upset about it and shit and it just kind of pushed them further over here and, and a lot of those people are on our side now but um 
yeah i actually had a i had a question for chef in that vein like chef like having been around pre-trump and having been involved pre-trump like what's it been like for you like watching guys come in and out of the thing because we have frequently we have guys and it's it's kind of a point of contention that like it bothers us to go through the process of trying to get somebody involved and then they they get blackpilled or whatever or you know oh i can't deal with this right now i got something else going on you know um What's it been like for you well, to kind of watch that happen? You know. Well, it's it's been kind of interesting. You know, I'm I'm a bit of an elitist. I'm not a populist, and so it, I kind of um, I try to push for a very very high standard um, for guys that we fold in. Yeah. And um, you know, it it really is just kind of wild to be able to see how this happens because now we have a variety of ages and um, a variety of people in different kind of like economic strata um so we we got folks with families um we got old heads and we got young kids a lot of these young kids um are interested in in direct action like with patriot front and then we have other organizations um, that may be more family oriented and and then obviously the pool parties um we try to keep a mix of all of that and um it's it's uh it's interesting you know some people have more of like a rigid pipeline um, for those newer guys. Um, but I think what's really great is to be able to have these old heads. Um, and I'm talking about folks, you know, who are pushing like upper thirties and even like lower forties now at this point. And, um, they're really able to kind of explain a lot of things. I mean, you know, we're, we're having to like reinvent the wheel here. Um, everything from like explaining dating marriage, what it's like to have children. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of things that, you know, our parents would do. Um, so it, it's kind of, um, it's become like this surrogacy. Um, but I think it's, it's like, it's a village kind of thing that we're, we're really setting up. And you um, feel like it's, you feel like it's strengthening. You feel like we're, I mean, I feel like we've yeah. got, I've, I've seen, we've got some veterans recently that have been here for a while and are able to give that perspective, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, it really helps for the younger guys, I guess, to understand that, yeah, like we've been doing this for a while now and like, we're not going to stop regardless. So. Yeah, we're not going to stop regardless. Um, you know, the, 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 it's kind of like, how do I explain this? I mean, the energy level was just wild during the Trump stuff, you know, 20, late 2015, 2016, 2017, even. Um, and now, now it's kind of like, all right, we had the party. Um, now we got to clean up and, um, really get the business. It's kind of like, it's more like, it's like you take off your party clothes, put on your business casual shit, you know, and really start working now. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's been a business for a while now. I think of people trying to plug into the many off ramps that we see as opportunities. I mean, obviously Trump was a huge one. Uh, America first was another one. There's just a lot of them. And, uh, I, I found it interesting to hear Mike talking about this week that, all you got to do is really tell people the truth. You can't try and come at them with some sort of American flag persona or whatnot and then put on the black uniform. You know, you've got to yeah. let them know like how things are really are. And like, we're not going to sugarcoat it. We're not going to try and meet you at your level. We're just going to like level with you, you know. But that doesn't mean go try and red pill your dad. No, it ain't going to work. <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Boomers are set in their ways. Well, I mean, you would be surprised. You never know. You know, Red Pill, my mom, she's like super happy. Like, I can say nigger now? It's like, yeah. <laughs> <I'm not." laughs> 
But <laughs> the biggest um, perks is true. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, true. You know, I mean, everyone's in a different situation. Um, you know, I had this guy asking me, um, how do I talk about the JQ um, to my girlfriend? And I was like, you don't. That's a big um, one. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about that all the time. I, I, I think you shouldn't, but, um, yeah. you know, there's some other people that, that say maybe you can kind of finesse it. Um, I just don't think I have that much finesse about it, but, um, you know, it, it's also a boys club. Um, uh, so, you know, women can run around, go do something, but I don't give a shit about it. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of always politicking anytime we're getting together, talking that kind of stuff. Dude, it, but, um, it's, it's really funny how, like, uh, like you would have never thought that, like, my girl would be one of those people. But, like, somehow through my, like, uh, my deepest point of, like, alcoholism, she was, like, she I knew, I you know, started dating her, like, right at the tail end of my drinking. And, like, somehow I went through all the booze and shit, I was able to just, like, yell over the phone about juice to her. And somehow <laughs> she came to her senses about it. And I was just like, how did that fucking work? I would give anything to have audio files of that. Oh, God. Pretty <laughs> impressive. <laughs> I have no clue how I did it, bro. <laughs> I just remember, like... I remember I was like at one point I was like uh, sitting in a field like drinking, just like going like <laughs> just like on the phone with her because she had like uh, she had gone home to where she lived. Um, we were like visiting each other and stuff, and I'm just sitting there like, you know, yelling at her like, yeah, yeah, I'm a national socialist. <laughs> <laughs> she was she like she googles it. She's like, you're a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that worked, but I'm uh, I'm happy it did. I, I must have just had some serious drunken finesse. Yeah, well, I've tried to figure out frequently and recently, especially how to have that conversation. Um, you know, some uh, ladies are open to the conversation of how they really don't like being around niggers. But once you get into the juice stuff, that's usually when it gets a little weird. But one of the things I found that's interesting is if you just say, well, I'm a nationalist and then and then you get into like, well, this whole multicultural experience is like a hundred year old thing hadn't been around forever. So I just want nations to go back to peoples of the, that nation. You get what I mean? Like it's not, it's not really that crazy of an idea, you know? And they're just like, Hmm. So what you're saying as a nationalist, but you also believe in social program. I see. <laughs> yeah, you can get them with the oh, social but, program. Oh, but do they see? I don't know. I mean, I, I get the 14 words is another one. You start talking about how much you love the idea of having a family, protecting, uh, protecting women and children. They like that sort of stuff, too. Oh, yeah, they love that stuff. Mm hmm. Do you get get any like girl hanging around like kids and, and they'll come around as much as they say, like, oh, I hate kids and everyone have kids. You put like a, you know, some cute baby in front of them and they'll always go like goo goo. Oh, yeah. Big time. Dude, and, and and it'll get their hormones kicking on. So when mm -hmm. you sh your seed in them, eh, they might they <laughs> might get pregnant. Yeah, for my age, the common thing is the dog mom. And uh, I literally had a date recently where she said uh, her dog's almost pissed off at her for snuggling it too much. She's like, "Why won't you go have babies already?" <laughs> Yeah, get, get get a lint roller, get that dog hair off of you, and she knows. She go, knows. Find, go find a dude. <laughs> well, it's like it's like that one meme, man. Have y'all guys seen that? Where uh, uh, it's like memory TV, which is fucking classic, right? Mm -hmm. 
and it's uh this one Iranian dude, and he's like, women in the West over age of forty marry their pets. <laughs> I think I have seen that one. Dude, I love memory TV. It's so much fun. What kind of music you guys feeling this week? I kind of like that track Case just played for me, that electronica shit. But dude, look up filmmaker. Look up his YouTube channel. Okay. It's one <laughs> word, filmmaker. It's fucking sick. All right. Why are you laughing at me, Billy? I, sounds, <laughs> sounds like some degenerate shit, man. Yeah, dude, film, filmmaker's sick. He does like some like real hard, like kind of cyberpunk kind of uh, techno shit. Oh, he was just their chef. He had a mental image of you just rocking out to some electronica with your boots on. <laughs> and nothing else. With a Sorry about that. On. My computer <laughs> Sorry. fucking shit the bed. Welcome uh, to my world, bro. Oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> fucking shit computer. Imagine that. I've never had that happen. <laughs> but anyway. Um, new computer. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, you got anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up, Jeffrey? Well, man, you know, uh, people should continue um, to, you know, yeah, if you're not in a fucking pool party, you should get into it. That's right. uh, but if you guys don't realize the kind of opportunities here, and, and we are talking about, you know, jobs and, and different avenues um, for money, you know, they're there. And so you have a huge um, resource person to lean on. That's your pool party leader. Um, reach out to them and they'll get you dialed in. We'll let him finish up. I got a little shout out I wanted to do. Uh... Just wanted to say uh, we appreciate our guys on Hate House this week giving the shout out. Uh, you know, Larry Ridgeway, obviously a favorite everywhere. Uh, Ambrose, Beer Queer, Les, right here on Americaner, as well as TRS. Obviously, you guys know TRS, but you also Ameri- know Americaner. You can find us here. And uh, shout out to John Fashcroft and all the other great guys we got going on podcasts. Gordon Call, of course. And uh, really good things happening here. Oh. Hello. <laughs> and goodbye to ice cold, stodgy takes from a bald headed retard with gauges. <laughs> Dude, I, I did, every time I see those gauges, I can't help but imagine the smell. I know, like, I don't know if y'all have seen those memes where it says, like, I know it smells crazy in there. Just imagine, like, the, uh, the, the crud that builds up in there. <laughs> so gross. Showers, you know? Dude, yeah. on a, like sweating on his bike ride, just like flakes yeah. flying out of both sides of his head. <laughs> <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta take him out each time you shower and really make sure to scrub. Yeah, dude, like the car behind him just getting all these little like flakes on their windshield. Like, he's just like going extremely <laughs> slow ahead of them. They're honking and shit. And he's just like, oh, <laughs> fucking loser. <laughs> Oh, you're driving a pickup truck. Fuck you. Oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Does Chef make it back to us? Yeah, can you hear me? I, I might just throw this damn computer into the ocean. You're good, yeah. man. We're going to let you finish your statement. I think we got what we need for the night, but if you wanted to finish out. So, guys, check this out. The one time at this Italian restaurant I worked at, I had this older Latina line cook. <laughs> hot, kind of hefty, but had the mamacita vibe, you know? Anyway. Mm. I knew she had some kind of issue with the dishwasher. They were always be yelling in Spanish. Uh, finally, one day during brunch service, she goes back to the dish pit to drop off her dirty cookware, and I hear this loud argument in Spanish. 
Uh, next thing I know, four more guys show up at the back door behind the dish pit and just start beating the shit out of the dishwasher. <laughs> I had to call the police. It was pretty wild. Ice even showed up, and I guess the dishwasher got p- deported. Uh, finally, I asked the line cook, you know, the mamacita, what the hell was going on, and she told me in broken Spanish, he took my last bottle of hot sauce and we broke up. Fuck that puta. You go back to Tijuana. Anyway, I gave her a raise to line cook. Good BJs, too. <laughs> Such a true story, dude. That's a wholesome story. So, so true. Like, yes. I've heard it before, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, well, thank everyone for listening. Thank you, Chef, for coming on. Um, thank, thank you. Guys. That, thank you for that beautiful story. Yes, and sir, everyone, thank you for everything. We appreciate yeah. you. Everybody have a good night. Ziga. Well, you know, boys, a lot of guys that I talk to in this thing, they'll say to me, you know, Bill, I really been thinking about getting into this whole outdoor lifestyle kind of a thing. Yeah, I ain't never really been hunting, or maybe I went as a kid and it was just boring and cold. I never got into it, but you know, now things the way they are, kind of want to get out there, and be able to harvest my own meat out of the woods but i just i ain't got the equipment to which i usually reply with well hoss i hate to be the one to tell you but if you weren't prepping 10 years ago you done missed the boat (laughs) but never fear the woods is uh about as non-discriminatory as a public school system and it don't matter if you're a novice using a borrowed piece of equipment to be out there hunting with or if you're some seasoned veteran that spent 20 years out there every season the deer don't know the difference game don't know the difference that's the key is just to get out there okay i mean it don't matter if you're some city slicker that couldn't tell the difference between a raccoon print in the mud versus a bobcat print in the mud just get out there you might be surprised. You see, uh, I'm not some champion deer hunter. I, I ain't, I ain't one of the top ten in the world. I don't have any wall hangers on my wall, but my freezer stays full, and that's just because I get out there. I never had much luck with using calls. A lot of times, I. Don't even think I'm doing it right. And I don't believe in all them cover scents and dope piss and all that shit. I think all that shit's just something that was cooked up to part a fool from his money. But I tell you what I am. I'm a master baiter. I have no compunction with admitting that I will fucking tote a 50-pound sack of corn over my shoulder out to the woods every fucking time. <laughs> it just works. Nothing works like corn. <clears throat> and plus they made it legal here where I live too so I don't even have to worry about the game warden getting on to me about it anymore but especially if you're some rookie fuck it man if you can get away with it put some of them yellow acorns out man they love them and don't matter what either what you're going after squirrel pigs you know, whatever type of ruminant you might have in your local area they'll fucking come to a bag of corn like nothing alright but in order to get that corn out there, you got to get out there. 
And I know it can be hard to find a place or find somebody that with land that'll let you hunt on their land or it could be expensive even. Now, there's always public land too. And I don't know about where you live, but where I live, there's a lot of public land that's open for hunting. And uh, some of them are hotter than others. Got, you know, a few more swinging dicks coming around. But uh, some of them don't. Some of them are fucking empty, quiet as the tomb. And that's what I do. I go to those. Because there is just untapped potential in a fucking place that ain't got any kind of pressure on it from a bunch of shit kickers busting through the bushes every weekend. But that's it. Just get out there, boys. That's all you got to do. Now, when you get out there, and if you do manage to harvest something, look, listen to me, all right? This is important. Learn how to clean that shit yourself, son. I'm tired of having to do this shit. <laughs> I'm tired of it. Tired of having to gut, gut deer for fucking some Jimmy Jack that don't know his asshole from a hole in the ground. Learn how to clean your own fucking deers, boys. <clears throat> or game, whatever. Squirrel, fish, whatever, man. Learn how to clean it your damn self, okay? Because that's important, all right? And I warn you, I mean, it stinks. Like, I don't know how many of you boys have ever been around an open cavity and start pulling out organs, but it's rough on the old nostrils. But, fuck, man, it's just the right thing to do, you know? I mean, unless you're going to hand me a 20, then I guess I'll do it for you. But, uh, and next time it'll be 40. <laughs> so, just get out there. That's all you got to do. I know deer season's winding down in most places across the country. Different states have different seasons. And it's pretty late or already closed in a lot of places. But, uh, shit, man. Still wouldn't hurt. Wouldn't hurt to just get out there, traipse around, start doing some, you know, wilderness exploring or some shit like that. So, I look forward to seeing you boys out there.